the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. This is your hour when Orlando Magic Senior Vice President Pat Williams sits down and speaks with authors who have written books on topics of interest and insight for listeners like you. And now, here's your host, Pat Williams. Welcome once again to the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour right here on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN in Orlando. Uh, once again, Alan Dempsey does our engineering, and Andrew Herdliska is our producer. Shauna Nequist is with us from Barrington, Illinois, suburb of Chicago. Her book is out with Zondervan. It's called Pre- uh, Present Over Perfect. Interesting title, Leaving Behind Frantic. For a simpler, more soulful way of living. Uh, Shauna, first of all, welcome. I'm glad we can catch up here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And what does that title mean? You know, it's actually a phrase that um, I kept close to me a couple years ago, several years before I even wrote the book. I had a moment at Christmas time, which I think is sort of uh, ground zero for crazy living. Um, and I realized that if I didn't, that I had two choices. I could either absolutely force my kids, my home, my husband, our life, our extended family into having the most perfect Christmas ever. And it would be expensive and frantic and tons of work and uh, lots of snapping at my kids. Or I could leave behind the idea of perfect and just enjoy what was right in front of me. Just be present to the things that were already in my life instead of forcing something else into this image of perfection. Well, as we dive into your book, uh, there's six major parts. Sea change, tunnels, legacy, walking on water, living in time, and throwing candy. Mm -hmm. Uh, So let's get started with that first major heading, Shauna. Mm -hmm. It's called sea change. Uh, Can you explain that and uh, all the sub-points to it? Sure. So the, the, the phrase sea change is actually a line, it's a Shakespeare play called The Tempest, and it's about um, a king being drowned, and it says he, he went down and then came up something new, something rich and strange. And then, you know, obviously it's a connection to the idea of baptism, that you go into the water and come out new. And um, so there, there's kind of two meanings there. The first is, the reason I use the word sea, is um, in the middle of this very frantic, very exhausting season of my life, I found myself drawn to the water as often as possible and to the idea of kind of uh, life that's a little bit more oriented toward nature, toward silence, um, toward rhythm and routine, as opposed to this kind of frantic life I had chosen for myself. And so this whole part is all about the beginning steps of that process, of that sea change in my own life, learning how to disappoint people, learning how to say no, learning how to create space. It's the most kind of logistic and practical part of the book. And then you move to the next topic. It's simply called Tunnels, uh, with with subtopics like vinegar and oil. 
and yellow sky. Uh, you got a lot of explaining here for us, okay? <laughs> so Tunnels, uh, Tunnels Beach is a beach on Kauai in Hawaii. My husband and I had a work trip, um, and we packed on a couple extra days with our kids to go to Kauai, and people had told us the, the best snorkeling you're ever going to do in your life is at Tunnels Beach, so that, well, we'll better try it. And I, um, you know, that phrase, uh, wherever you go, there you are, um, it should have been the most spectacular day. I was holding hands with my son. We were snorkeling together, this beautiful coral everywhere. Um, but some of my, uh, some of the things inside of myself, some depression, some anxiety, some fear, some sadness, I couldn't overcome them even in such a beautiful place. And so that whole section tunnels is sort of all about, um, when I finally learned how to slow down my life, what I found were some things inside myself that I really needed to address and attend to. And, and what were they? What was, what was going on inside of you? You know, I think one of the ways to explain it is that I didn't have a deep sense of unconditional love, of God's unconditional love for me. And so I was pushing and proving and exhausting myself and kind of hustling for my worth every day. And, um, and so when I finally got quiet, the reality of that is something I had to face, that, that I really did believe I was earning my worth every day. And so if I didn't do things just perfectly, I wasn't measuring up. And so I really had to grapple with that idea of whether or not I really believe uh, that, that unconditional love is for all of us or not. So uh, the book starts with sea change and then uh, moves to this topic called tunnels. Uh, now, Dina... Uh, we move, or Sean, excuse me, we move to legacy. And uh, what's going on here? So legacy is all about family. It's all about choosing uh, the choosing the insides as opposed to the outsides of our lives. Choosing uh, what happens around your coffee table as opposed to the beautiful images you can put on Instagram. Um, uh, I think it's very easy to craft a beautiful life out there that doesn't really exist behind the scenes. And this was all about switching that math and saying, I don't care how it looks out there anymore. I'm going to create a beautiful, connected, meaningful life right here in my home with my children, with my husband. In other words, to be content with what you have, is that what you're saying? Expand on that. And to put a disproportionate amount of energy towards kind of the invisible parts of life. Um, it's very easy to get caught up putting most of your energy into perpetuating an image of yourself out there. And I, I really wanted to move hard away from that pattern. And I wanted to invest the best of my energy into the two children that God gave us, into my husband, uh, into a very small circle of people that I wanted to invest in, as opposed to trying to be everything to everyone and trying to perpetuate an image of this beautiful life out there for strangers. Shauna, tell me about your two children. We have two boys. They're almost four. Uh, they're almost five and almost nine. Mm. So they are absolutely wonderful. Oh, excuse me. They're about to be five and ten. They're four and nine right now. We're right in the birthday month, so I'm getting it wrong all the time. They're about to be five and ten. They're two little boys, and they love to play basketball, and they love to swim, they love to draw, they love Legos. Uh, it's a really fun season of life with them. You do a chapter here on Legacy called The Spring of the Basketball Hoop. Uh, what's that about? One of our sons was, um, we, we, he has generally been a fairly easy kid, and then he went through this little season where he absolutely would not get on the bus in the morning. He just wouldn't. He just, mm. um, there was something going on, and we couldn't get to the bottom of it, and he wasn't, couldn't really articulate it, but the mornings became really difficult. 
And so we thought, what if there was a way that we could spend the, the mornings before the school bus together, just kind of getting getting connected and helping his sh- him shake off some of the nerves. And so we talked about that in, very, in a very abstract way. And then one day I watched my husband walk home with a bas- dragging a basketball hoop on wheels. Mm. So apparently one of our neighbors had put it out at the curb and said, put a sign that said free. My husband just thought and grabbed it and walked it home. Mm. And it started this really fun season. Uh, the bus stop in our neighborhood is right next to our house. And so all the neighborhood kids would come over about half an hour before the bus. And we would shoot baskets together or we'd play street hockey or we'd throw around the football or shoot Nerf arrows. Um, and it meant it created a space that made it really easy for my, hun- for my son to just hop right on the bus. And so it was a good example to us for, you know, putting your energy, you know, <laughs> we're two busy parents who both work full time. Kind of the last thing we wanted to do was host a play date at 630 in the morning in our driveway in our pajamas. But it ended up being a really fun way to connect with our sons and with the kids in the neighborhood um, to kind of invest right where we are. Um, it was, a, a, it, it was a, a fun set of memories for our family. Uh, then there's another interesting topic here under legacy. It's called When Brave Looks Boring. Uh, what's that mean? You know, a lot of my life change, a lot of the the most meaningful changes I've made in my life over the last couple of years is saying no to the things that seem really kind of spectacular. Uh, You should go on this trip around the world. You should climb this mountain. You should run this race. You should, the things that seem like big, huge accomplishments. Um, And instead I've said, no, I think, I think my major accomplishment right now needs to be dinner and playing basketball in the morning and making Legos and doing bedtime. And um, I think we, we attach a lot of value to those huge things. But my brother, who's one of my best friends, uh, my brother sailed around the world, which is an amazing accomplishment. It takes a ton of work, a ton of planning, a ton of skill. But he says sometimes, he says, people always tell me, you're so brave. And he says, it's not brave to get on a boat and leave your life. It's brave to stay and create a life and stay in a marriage and make it great and work really hard at your parenting and really give yourself well to your neighbors and your church. Those are, those are harder things than just hopping on a boat and, and doing something that seems spectacular. Shauna Nequist is with us. We've got more with Shauna right after these messages on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. <clears throat> it's the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN in Orlando. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing during the decline in the U.S. economy, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800-273-0135. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-273-0135 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your Social Security check. Call 800-273-0135 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-273-0135. This is Dennis McKenzie for Families by Design. Strong families are designed by God. 
Do you want your family designed by God? For inspirational principles for today's families, listen to Families by Design with your host, Dr. Daniel Forbes and attorney Delton Chen. Families by Design airs every Sunday at 9 p.m. That's Families by Design on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. People who are familiar with the Bible, and even those who aren't, have puzzled over the meaning of the verse that says God will visit the iniquity of the fathers on the children and grandchildren to the third and fourth generation. Does that mean I'm destined to pay for the sins of my grandfather? On Through the Bible Radio this week, we'll hear Dr. J. Vernon McGee explain that verse and how it affects us today. Weekdays at 2.30 and 9.30 p.m. on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. Shauna Nequist is with us from uh, Barrington, Illinois. Her new book is out with Zonderman. It is called Present Over Perfect. And Shauna, we have moved to uh, part four. It's called Walking on Water. Uh, what's what's the uh, what's the look here? What's uh, what are you talking about? So I had a, a, an experience. I don't know if you've had this before, but where I, I'd heard the same Bible story over and over again, um, but I had inserted sort of my own meaning into it. I had kind of retold in my own life the story of, of Jesus inviting Peter to walk on the water um, as a story about Peter failing and disappointing Jesus, and Jesus embarrassing him in front of all of his friends. Um, and I realized that there was a, a very kind priest. Uh, who we just love, who retold the story to us. And I realized it's not a shame story. It's not a failure story. It's a rescue story. It's a story about love, about a a man who loves his brother enough to save him um, and to help him. And uh, I realized that a lot of my faith, I was probably looking through a lens of failure and anxiety and achievement instead of seeing that that it's a love story and it's it's about a relationship and a connection. Well, there's some interesting uh, discussions here. Uh, one is called Must Be Nice, and Your Mess is Mine. <laughs> what What are you telling us here? Well, Must Be Nice is sort of whenever I find that I'm looking at someone else's life saying, ooh, must be nice, mm-hmm. I realize that there's something in their life that I want in my life. And so instead of kind of just pushing away like, oh, don't be jealous, it's bad to be jealous, I, I look at that jealousy for a second and I say, what is it that I'm longing for in my life? And is that something that I can reshape my life to include or what is what is that important thing that i want to learn from my own jealousy so i'm I'm, whenever i say must be nice that's a signal to me that i have something to learn about myself and then what does it mean about your mess is mine well your mess is mine is a a vance joy song that i really love um and it's kind of that idea that um we all have messy parts of our lives and they get lighter and and less treacherous when we carry them together a friend of mine was nervous Uh, to have a party because her dad has some addiction issues and she didn't know what shape he would show up in. And so she texted me ahead of time and said, Hey, I know you're going to see my dad. I feel really nervous. And I just said, hang on. I've known your dad as long as I've known you since before we had driver's licenses. I'm not scared of what, you know, like I'll help you. Whatever happens with your dad today, your mess is mine. Um, And so it's a, it's a kind of a phrase we use in our community for the ways that we carry each other, even carry each other, even when things are messy. Uh, I want to move to, uh, the fifth key part here, if we can, let's uh, talk about living in time, Shauna. 
Well, that, uh, that phrase, living in time, comes from a beautiful book called My Bright Abyss by Christian Wyman. And uh, the quote is, the greatest tragedy of human existence is not to live in time in both senses of the word. And so I think, uh, you know, the way we choose to spend our time, you know, they say the way you choose to spend your days is how you spend your lives. And so um, I want to be really careful with the time I have left to be really connected to and present for the things that matter most to me. And and within that uh, heading here, I want you to talk about learning to play. What does that mean? You know, I think I, I grew up like most of us. I played when I was little, and then when I became a grown-up, I became very efficient. I'm a list person. I'm a multitasker. I like getting things done. I like getting done at as many things as possible in a short amount of time. But a lot of what my kids have been teaching me is that there's a lot to be learned from creativity, from space, from play, from silliness. And so this is a challenge to myself to relearn the art and the practice of play. And then why don't you uh, talk about morning and evening? What's uh, happening here? I found out throughout this journey as I was kind of growing along this path that I wanted to spend especially mornings and evenings um, outside if possible and in prayer and silence, even if the rest of my life is meetings and writing and laptop and whatever, if I can spend a couple minutes outside at the edges of the day, the beginning and the end, uh, and a couple minutes in prayer, thanking God for the world that he made, it really sets the tone uh, for for my whole day for how I live. And another interesting topic here is simply called simplicity. Yeah, I um, I found that as I wanted to simplify kind of the, the the tasks of my life, the schedule, the the pace, I also wanted to simplify the amount of stuff in our life. Um, so we we are intentionally bringing fewer things into our home, buying fewer things, repurposing things, so that there's less stuff to manage and less stuff to feel stressed out about. And and what does it mean when you just write the word happy medium or the two words? Well, you know, I, I think like most women, I feel a lot of pressure uh, to be in great shape and to be very, very tiny. And I think it took me almost 40 years to realize, I think I'm just a medium. I, I think I'm never going to be a small. I'm certainly never going to be an extra small. And I'm working on being happy with being medium. And certain, so that's about my weight, but it's also about a lot of life. If we can let things just be medium. I think we'll be a lot happier. What do you say to women who do struggle with their weight constantly? Uh, I would say, you know, welcome to the club. Uh, I, I struggle a lot, and a lot of the women I know do. But I think if we together can cultivate and I, and uh, the, the value that bodies aren't all supposed to look the same, and we're not all supposed to look the same, and even though our culture gives us a lot of directives about how we're supposed to look, there's something really compelling about saying, like, I'm not, I'm not going to bow to that pressure. I'm going to go ahead and be medium, and I'm going to go ahead and be happy about it. And what about this topic? Uh, It's simply called On Snow. What's that mean? There's a verse in Job that says, uh, you know, and God said to the snow, fall down on the earth, and God said to the rain, create a mighty downpour. And what's so beautiful about that to me is he doesn't say that to the snow, like, okay, you got to do this, first you got to do this, then you got to be this, you got to try this, you got to be all the things, you have to be the, the rivers and the oceans. Just be the snow. Just fall down. That's all you have to do. And so I like to think of each of us as a part of that. The snow just has to fall. I just have to do the things God made me to do. You only have to do the things he made you to do. Instead of us all trying to be so many different things absolutely perfectly. Do you like Chicago snow in the winter? 
I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I know I should. I, I know people in the Midwest are supposed to just love all four seasons. I would just totally happily live on the beach all the time. Well, move to Orlando. Everybody else. I would love to. Everybody else has. <laughs> I know. Now uh, we move to part six. It's simply called throwing candy. Uh, interesting topic here. You got to explain that to us. So I had an experience where um, I, I went to, to visit a friend for a, a long weekend, and he has this tradition where whenever you see kayakers in the water in front of his house, you stop what you're doing and you throw candy. And it's just like this fun little tradition um, that he's developed over time. So we did it, you know, on our way to breakfast or, you know, after dinner or something. But then there was a moment where um, several, it was kind of busy on the dock. Several boats were docking and paddle boards and swimmers and sailors. And I grew up in a boating family and I have kind of a nervous personality. So I'm watching all of this and I, 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 I wish there were a little more organization to it. And in the middle of it all, he says, oh, there are the kayakers. Let me get my candy. And a situation that already feels sort of unruly to me, he runs away to go get a bag of lollipops. And I just, I'm like almost passed out um, with anxiety about it. And then everything's fine. And he throws the candy and all the boats dock and everybody's safe. But I realize um, that I think I used to be the kind of person who threw candy, who took time to make things fun and memorable and beautiful. Um, and then I stopped doing it when, uh, unless there were like approved and sanctioned times. Once our, all our chores were done, once everything was buttoned up, and then I stopped doing it at all. And then worst of all, I became the kind of person who makes fun of people who throw candy. Like, again, must be nice. Must be nice to live in a dream world made of candy and rainbows. And I realized that I didn't want to be that person anymore. I wanted to be one of the people throwing candy, not one of the people making fun of them. And so, so much of this journey in my life has been reclaiming that practice of living with play and fun and making memories just for the sake of it. Shauna Nequist is our guest. Her book, present over perfect uh and on that topic of throwing candy you do a chapter called essential self uh what, what do you tell us there you know one of the things that i found is that um a lot of us have these really funny odd interesting distinct personalities when we're growing up or in high school and in college and then a lot of a lot of the forces and pressures in life make us pretty homogenous pretty similar um we become again, efficient and, and busy and and responsible. And a lot of my work these past couple of years has been going back to that essential self who loves to read, who loves to play, um, who loves to be outside, who loves to swim, and, and kind of recovering some of those things I lost along the way. I think um, one, of the, one of the biggest gifts we can give to the people around us is recovering those essential selves that God made us to be instead of all the other things we became along the way. And how about this topic, heart and yes? Yes, about a year ago, uh, my friend and I went to a tattoo shop, and I had one tattoo put on each arm, on my left forearm, the heart, and on my right, the yes. Um, The left as a reminder of unconditional love every day, no matter what I do. And the right uh, reminder that, you know, even though sometimes in this season I had to learn how to say no, Fundamentally, I'm a person who says yes to life, yes to challenge, yes to love, yes to connection, yes to the most important things in our lives. And how about Ballard Locks? What's that mean? Um, My husband and I went to Seattle for our wedding anniversary, and we had a really important conversation um, 
uh, a really serious conversation about marriage and about what it means to truly be faithful to one another and, and how to help each other in our marriage and make our marriage better along the way. And it, it was a conversation that we had right as we were walking across the Ballard Locks. And so I remember so much of the weight of that conversation there. What are the Ballard Locks? What's that like? It's like a, um, it's like you're walking across these little narrow metal bridges, mm-hmm. um, over over the river or over part of the bay in Seattle. It's really beautiful. How about new fuel? That's another topic. As I learned to uh, kind of stop running on fear and competition and anxiety, it's like you, you set those things down, but then the gas tank's empty. And you realize, well, if those were the things that propelled me to do everything, now what propels me? And I found that the new fuel has to be love. It has to be, what can I do with the spirit of great love? Not fear, not anxiety, not competition. And the soul felt its worth. <clears throat> you know, that's the line from the from the Christmas carol from O Holy Night. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it took me almost 40 years to realize uh, that taking care of my soul is not selfish. That, that stewarding my soul is my own, it, it's my responsibility, it's my greatest resource. Because it's through the soul that we connect. We connect with people, we connect with God, we connect with the world we made, and so it's to our own peril if we ignore the soul and, and its needs and its longing. And then uh, there's one more uh, topic I want you to talk about, and it's called Bring in the Love. Our four-year-old, uh, Mac, is uh, he hates to go to bed, and so one of the things at night when he's laying down, um, he'll yell out, quick snuggle, quick snuggle, and he wants one of us to go in there and give him a hug. And then when you, when you get close, he says, he's four, he's this little guy, but he says in this big voice, bring him the love. <laughs> and then when you, when you hug him, he pats your back and he says, there it is, there's the love, in you know, this big funny voice. And it's just a reminder to me that that love that I was looking for all over, you know, overworking, pushing too hard, pushing my body and my soul to exhaustion and sickness, it, it was here all along. Uh, it's in our home, it's in our family, it's in God's unconditional love. A lot of us have been zigzagging the world looking for it, but it's here. Bring in the love, it's right here. Tell me about your husband. Oh, he's wonderful. He's a pianist and a songwriter and a writer and a pastor, and we've been married. We just celebrated 15 years of marriage. So he's got a lot of things, a lot of irons in the fire, it sounds like. It's true, he does, yeah. <laughs> He's a very creative, very passionate person, and he's a great dad. Shauna, uh, can you uh, <clears throat> summarize uh, from your book and from our discussion uh, what you want people listening here to uh, to take from all of this and move into action and change their lives? Just, just give us a summary. Well, I guess if there was anything I could do, it would be to to give people a permission slip to change their lives, that you don't have to be busy and exhausted all the time. Uh, You don't have to be running all the time. You can remake your life from the inside out, and it can be governed by principles like connection and meaning and depth and not fear and anxiety and competition. What's next for you? Do you have another book in the pipeline? You know, at some point I do, but not quite yet. I'm really excited. Um, you know, this book just came out and I have a busy fall, uh, traveling, uh, because of it. And then I'm really excited to, to take some quiet and some time away and figure out what's next. Well, I'm so glad we could visit Shauna. <clears throat> Thanks a million. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's been great. Shauna Nequist, our guest, the author of Present 
over perfect. <clears throat> We've got to take a break here, folks, and then we'll be back for more uh, right here on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. You're listening to the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN in Orlando. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. Is looking good important to you? Then what you wear and how it looks on you means a lot. Let's face it. Whether you wear a suit, uniform, or dickies to work, you probably spend a great deal on your clothes and you want to keep them looking good as new. That's where Priceless Dry Cleaners comes in. You can trust the folks at Priceless Dry Cleaners. They've been keeping clothes like new in Central Florida for over 25 years. And from the same location, North Orlando Avenue in Winter Park, across from Trader Joe's. Short on time? Let's face it. Who isn't? Family-owned and operated, Priceless Dry Cleaners saves you time with free pickup and delivery from your home, shop, or office. If you want to keep your clothes looking newer, longer, then you need Priceless Dry Cleaners. 220 North Orlando Avenue, Winter Park, and in Altamont Springs at 851 State Road 436 in San Sebastian Square 2. Check out their business VIP club at PricelessCleaners.com, where groups with five or more members get 25% off dry cleaning. Priceless Dry Cleaners, because looking good and having a dry cleaner you know you can Trust is important to you. Hello, I'm Pastor Glenn Riggs, inviting you to be our guest and celebrating all that the Lord has done and experience our pioneer spirit. We're excited to share Starlight Baptist new building with you. It's been several years in the making. We now can share God's Word with so many more souls in Central Florida through our many ministries here at Starlight. Please visit us at starlightbaptist.com. And don't miss the broadcast ministry of Starlight Baptist. What does the Bible say? Every weekday afternoon at 4 with Pastor Riggs, right here at the intersection of faith and reason. The new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. Do you have enough drinking water at home or work? throws at you. This is Florida, and you can never have enough good, wholesome drinking water on hand for meetings, family gatherings, even Mother Nature's wrath. Be prepared with Carolina Highland Mountain Spring Water, delivered directly to your home or business. Call now for their Be Prepared Delivery Special. Individual bottles, dispensers, and coolers. No contracts, no fees. Call 407-851-7144 online at carolinabottledwater.com. You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. Uh, We shoot out to Casper, Wyoming, and Gail Alexander is there, author of 30 Days of Hope. Uh, Gail, nice to hook up with you. Thanks for joining me. Well, thanks for the invitation. 30 Days of Hope for Joy Through a Child's Severe Illness. Uh, Gail, what prompted you to put this book together? Why is it important? It's important because um, our first grandchild, Ella Murray, was born in 2008 with a very unexpected severe disability, uh, epidermolysis bullosa, EB. It's a very rare genetic skin tissue disorder. And when something like this happens to a baby, families often feel that there's no place to turn for comfort or hope. Uh, courage, much less joy. And so this little book came out of a desire to share with with others who are going through a challenge with an ill child that God is in control of everything and there's joy to be had even in the most dire of journeys. Uh, What has become of that granddaughter? 
oh, she's nine years old. Really? There, there's currently no cure for the disease, and it's progressive and progressively debilitating. But um, she's nine years old. She's in fourth grade. She just uh, began taking percussion lessons at school. She has a wonderful one-on-one aide who helps to guide her through the, the daily routine. So uh, the disease is still there. The disease limits her in many ways, but it absolutely has not robbed her of the joy of life. How has her illness affected you and your family and friends? Well, you never expect something like this to happen. We we don't we want healthy babies. We mm-hmm. never expect them to to be born with a health challenge. Uh, mostly, it has opened my eyes. I could speak mostly just for myself. Opened my eyes to how faithful God is to provide for the needs of families who deal with ill children, and how He puts people in our lives who open doors of opportunity, uh, provide moments of happiness, provide resources when they're needed, and help us to know that we're not alone in this journey. So faith has been expanded, has grown tremendously, as well as appreciation for just the good things in life that come to all of us. Uh, The next thing I think think it's important that you get into and. And that is the role that faith in God has played in accepting your granddaughter's illness. How has that played out? Well, early in the days after she was born, uh, a woman sent an email to my son-in-law, and she said, I I believe I have a life verse which speaks to your daughter's situation. And it was John 10.10. The thief has come to kill and destroy, but I've come that you would have life and have it to the full. And that's become her life verse, Mm -hmm. that even in the midst of pain and adversity, there's joy to be had. Uh, The other thing that has come clear to me is a scripture from 1 Corinthians 1, 27, where it says, God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty. And there's nothing much weaker than a sick baby. But even with a sick baby... He gives power to them and strength to to those who feel like they have no power. The Bible's filled with promises mm-hmm. of how God will provide, how he will sustain. And the stories in my little book are testimony to his faithfulness to step in with his own hand and with the hand of others just when there's a need to be met. Gail Alexander is the author of 30 Days of Hope. Was there a turning point, Gail, when you realized that Ella would have a purposeful, happy life? Absolutely. Uh, The first days were very dire. And in fact, in a a way, I I wouldn't let myself fully love that little baby because we didn't think she would be with us but a few more days. But as each day dawned, there were glimmers. Uh, progress, that that she was becoming stronger and that she'd be able to come home from the NICU. But there was a particular turning point when a young man who had a daughter with EB who lived in Atlanta, Georgia, heard about our family situation 
in Alexandria, Virginia. He got on a plane, came there to spend time with our family and to give us encouragement and hope and tell us uh, there's a lot of research for a cure for this horrible disease, but that our job is to keep her healthy, to enjoy her, and to stay the course until that cure is found. That was the real turning point for me. Mm -hmm. How about your husband? My husband, from the very beginning, believed that there would be a cure and that his job was to be the best uh, granddad he could be in the meantime. I I remember the conversation. He He stood over the incubator when she was just about three days old. He had to come back to Wyoming. I was going to stay to help the family. But I remember him saying, Now, Ella, you be strong, because when you come to Wyoming to visit, I'm going to take you fishing. <laughs> and so his faith has been very, very strong in this and in praying for the research doctors, uh, for those who are diligently and very promisingly uh, working for a cure for the disease. Tell me a little bit more about the disease. The disease is a genetic disorder. The children who have the disease do not produce a certain type of collagen, which holds the two layers of skin together. And so the skin is very, uh, produces very uh, fragile, open wounds, blisters, uh, a breaking down of the skin due to even the slightest friction or trauma. And we don't realize that skin covers about 80% of the body. It's inside and out. Skin is the body's largest organ. And so when there's a disease that affects it, uh, it affects everything. It affects the, the lungs. It affects the digestive tract not just the outward manifestation. The children uh, have to be protected from infection, and so their bodies are covered with uh, bandages. Our little girl is from the neck to the bottom of her feet uh, covered with bandages every day, and um, that's just to protect her from further trauma, but mostly to protect her from infection. Is it painful? Very painful. Yes, there's constant pain there in varying degrees, as with any disease, uh, but discomfort that, that you or I can't really even imagine. Constant itching, and of course, you can't tell a baby not to scratch their skin, mm. and yet this, the scratching of the itching uh, opens more wounds and makes the situation even worse. Uh, sometimes the pain is very unbearable. Part of the routine to care for a child with EB are regular baths with antiseptics put into the water mm-hmm. to cleanse the wounds and and then to get them ready for the bandage change. And those bath times are not pleasant. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can imagine taking a bath with a body filled with open wounds with Clorox in the water or other kinds of antiseptic uh, additives. How do our parents deal with this? Unbelievable. Uh, Early on, they're very strong believers. 
And in the first days, they made the decision that if they had Ella for two days or for 20 years, their job was to help her live life to the full. Mm-hmm. They've raised her with an absolute uh, knowledge and faith in Jesus Christ. She did accept Christ as her Savior when she was six years old. Mm. And how old is and she? Now? How old... She has a real understanding mm. that she has this EB for some reason. She's not particularly happy about it, but she knows that God made her the way He made her, mm-hmm. and her job is to live life to the full. Mm. Does she have siblings? She has a little brother who's two and a half years old and absolutely the light of her life, and he thinks she hung the moon. And he's uh, he does not have this illness? He's EB-free. Uh, with any genetic disorder, there's a 25% chance that other children in the family would have the disease. We praise God daily that, that he did not. Mm. My guest is Gail Alexander. She's in Casper, Wyoming. Uh, how have you been able to use Ella's story, Gail, uh, to help and encourage others? Well, that's what the book's about. Mm. Uh, my purpose from the beginning was to to try to put the book into the hands of other families who feel who are faced with dealing with a a sick child. And God has opened doors far beyond my expectation. Friends who know of families with sick children have bought the book, sent it to them. Sometimes I hear about uh, families on, on the Internet or through other friends, and I mail the book to them. And I've gotten wonderful feedback all over the country of people who have read the book and said, finally, somebody understands what we're going through. And here's a little bit of hope that we didn't think was there for us. So I would say God had a grand design for this book that I never thought. I started writing the stories as a personal journal for myself. And as things began to unfold... Uh, now it's it's a book that's available to any families or friends of sick children. Thirty days of hope uh, for joy through a child's severe in in illness. Uh, the gifts of hope series. What is the gifts of hope series about? Well, it's uh, sponsored by the New Hope Publishing Company out of Birmingham, Alabama. Each of the books are centered around a particular life challenge. Mine is about child's severe illness. There's books about uh, dealing with divorce, financial difficulties, uh, losing a child uh, to death, a a whole series of topics. But each one of the books uh, are 30 short devotionals intended to be read in a month for a, a daily gift of hope, to get us through those life challenges. Uh, here's a uh, interesting scripture, Gail. Uh, Proverbs thirteen twelve, and it says in the first part, uh, "Hope deferred makes the heart sick." I do believe that. I believe. Hope what, what's, what's your ta- What's your take on that verse? 
well, that hope is the medicine for a, for a failing heart. It's very easy when you're faced with, with the severely uh, challenged child to think there is no hope, uh, to question why God allowed it to happen. But when we give up hope, then we become just as sick as the sick child. Mm-hmm. Hope is the medicine for a failing heart. Well said. Well said. Uh, Gail Alexander is with us. Gail, I guess, uh, uh, and we got another segment after these breaks, but uh, in a sentence or two, uh, what have you come to understand about loving a child who has a severe illness? You just love them the way you love any other child. Mm-hmm. Every child needs acceptance, needs hugs and kisses and affirmation and fun times to look forward to, Mm -hmm. uh, games, conversations, uh, sharing stories. Uh, I see not a lot of difference in dealing with a sick child as with any other child. They all need the same things. My guest is Gail Alexander from Casper, Wyoming. Uh, We've got another segment with Gail. And when I come back, I'm going to open up that segment by asking Gail, what is the best part about living in Casper, Wyoming, in the state of Wyoming? Uh, I'm Pat Williams. It's the Saturday Power Hour. It's the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN in Orlando. More after this. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. Are your car bills just getting higher and higher each time you take it in for service? Is every time you take your auto in for service dreaded because you feel they're selling you repairs and maintenance you just don't need? Well, upselling is the way most companies work today, to drain your pocketbook and pad their profits. So what should you do? For 41 years, the crew at Blue Book Cars Service Center have worked hard to earn your repeat business and help their customers be good stewards of their money. It's their responsibility to be honest and repair your vehicles at the best price. Their low, low service labor rate has been the same for over eight years. Their qualified staff and service techs repair vehicles, not just to replace costly parts, unless necessary. And they don't upsell anything. Come visit Blue Book Service Center. Call 407-321-0741 for an appointment. Mention WTLN and ask about the Blue Book Service Center welcome free loaner vehicle while your vehicle is in for service. Call 407-321-0741. Find out more online at Blue Book Cars. Legal representation is often about personal values. Hello, I'm Karen Eastry, attorney. For probate, estate planning, divorce, adoption, guardianship, issues concerning children and the aged, call me at the law offices of Alper and Eastry at 407-869-0900. I am a lawyer who not only speaks for you, I share your values with the experience, energy, and enthusiasm to represent you effectively. My ultimate goal is to help you reach a satisfactory conclusion to your legal problems, to find peace, and to be able to move on with your life. Call me, Karen Eastry, at 407-869-0900 or visit my firm's website, altamontlaw.com. My office is conveniently located in Altamont Springs, close to I-4. So call today to make sure you have someone by your side at 407-869-0900. Offices, Altamont Springs. 
You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. Gail Alexander is with us. She lives in Casper, Wyoming. Uh, The name of the book is 30 Days of Hope uh, for Joy Through a Child's Severe Illness. It's part of the Gifts of Hope series. So, Gail, what is the best part about living in Casper, Wyoming? The vast vistas. Ah. Tell me <laughs> about them. Absolutely. Take your breath away. Mile after mile of beautiful open skies, mountains, uh, lush prairie lands, and unimpaired views mm-hmm. of what America used to look like everywhere. <laughs> but there's this little small part left for us to enjoy, and we call it Wyoming. And there's really no place like it elsewhere in the whole world. Uh, How many, what are the odds on any given day you're going to see wildlife? 100% I see wildlife every day. Like what? Well, let's start with wild turkeys in my front yard, Mm. and let's Talk about uh, seeing antelope on the road on, on my way to the mall. And then we can go up on Casper Mountain, and it's very likely I might either hear or get a glimpse of a bear. And then when we go a little farther west toward the Tetons and Yellowstone, uh, bison by the hundreds, mm. elk by the hundreds, deer Yes, there there is wildlife to be seen in Wyoming on a daily basis. And and how about fishing, Gail? Fishing's wonderful. People come to Casper, Wyoming from all over the world because of the blue ribbon trout that can be caught in the Platte River here. All kinds of trout of every variety, the brown, the cutthroat, the rainbow. It's a wonderful place to fish. And is your husband a fisherman? He's a fisherman. He's a hunter. He loves everything about the state and takes full advantage of it. He hunts pheasant. Um, he go, he's be leaving here in just a few weeks to go on an elk hunt up in the Bighorn Mountains. So, yes, my husband is a Wyoming hunter and fisherman. Gail, a few years ago at a restaurant out west, I had for the first time elk for dinner, mm-hmm. and it was outstanding. I was very impressed. It was really good. Well, I'm glad to hear you say that. We have a freezer filled with elk right now, <laughs> really? sitting off to my left here by my office area. Um, we had elk burgers for dinner on Sunday evening uh, Yes, elk is very fine meat. Yeah, I was impressed. So what's a typical day like at school for your granddaughter? Well, she goes to school. Um, as she leaves her dad, who usually is the one who, who takes her to school, she lives pretty near where they live, she repeats uh, the verse from Philippians, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Mm. Every day she does that. She's met at the door by her wonderful personal aide, Miss Nadine, who guides her through the hall. The The disease has made walking a bit of a problem. She, she has to be very careful of blisters, uh, 
on her feet. And so she has an aide who's with her at all times. They go into the classroom, and then she's just like any other kid. She does her homework. If there's something that needs uh, physical help, then Miss Nadine is there to help her. Uh, recess time can be a bit of a challenge, but Ella enjoys watching the other children play. And so even though she can't play soccer and climb on the jungle gym or, or get in the swing, she enjoys sitting and watching them play. And very often the children, one or two, will come and sit with her. They'll play games on the iPad. Then they go back in and uh, they have just the typical school day. She is a very, very good student. She enjoys reading, and she's always has a, a good book in her hand. She's very interested in history and in politics mm. and in anything to do with government. She was very excited uh, just a few months back when her dad took her to meet uh, Mike Huckabee, who was in town uh, in the during the primaries. Mm-hmm. And she really enjoyed getting to meet a real life politician. And I so bet, that's what her day's like. She she enjoys school just like any other child. I think I mentioned she's taking percussion now. I'm going to play drums in the music <laughs> program at her school. The school's been wonderful to her, and making all the necessary accommodations. And she is fully integrated into all aspects of school life. And I bet Mike Huckabee, Governor Huckabee, treated her great. Oh, my. Let me tell you this. Ella is planning to run for class vice president this year. <laughs> I love and it. And she told him that, and he posted on his uh, one of his blogs that he has already endorsed Ella Murray as vice president for Polk Elementary School in Alexandria, Virginia. Isn't that beautiful? Yes. <laughs> I love it. Uh, tip, <laughs> typical of Mike Huckabee. Oh, he, yes. Very typical. What is the life expectancy of of one with this illness? Well, not nearly as long as we wish. Uh, the the babies, if they can survive the first year, that's, that's the real uh, test right there. If they survive the first year, then typically with the right kind of care and being infection-free, they can live up into their early teens. Mm-hmm. But as I mentioned, the disease is progressive, mm-hmm. uh, and it continues to, to take its toll in different areas. One of the main uh, causes of death in the older children is skin cancer. And I think you can, can imagine with skin that's so gravely compromised that skin cancer would be a real threat at all times. But... It is very, very unusual for the children to live past their 20s. If they have the severest, the the most severe forms of EB, there are some forms of EB that are quite simple and really they only have blisters maybe on on the hands or on the feet. But if they have the dystrophic, the recessive dystrophic variety, then it continues to, uh, to to do damage to the body's internal organs as well as the the outward skin. 
Has there <clears throat> has there been any progress medically in in treating this illness? Absolutely, and we are very very hopeful. There are currently three different uh, trains of research being done. One is with a stem cell transplant, Mm -hmm. trying to reprogram the collagen in the body so that it, uh, it will start working the way it should. And then there are injections, collagen injections that are being, they're still in the experimental stage. And then there are several kinds of topical ointments that have reduced the itching and also produce a a faster healing of the open wounds. So we're very, very hopeful. In fact, just last uh, two weeks ago in Congress, in in, in the Senate, they approved a fast track for... medicines and treatments, not just for EB, but for a whole variety of diseases that affect small children so that the medicines, the treatments can be made available more quickly. It's a very arduous task. You're probably aware to get any medicine through FDA approval. Mm -hmm. And so this uh, legislation was a really wonderful thing for the EB research. Well, Gail, <clears throat> I'm so glad that we could hook up and uh, talk about 30 Days of Hope. It's a, a very moving and powerful story. And uh, thank you so much for sharing it with us. You're, you're very welcome. I appreciate and I'm honored for your interest in the book. Gail Alexander, uh, author of 30 Days of Hope, has been our guest. We have a wrap-up. Right after this on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour, here on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call Select Quote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $28 a month. I'm Select Quote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if Select Quote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-509-1667. That's 1-800-509-1667. 1-800-509-1667. Or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price can vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors not available in all states. You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. Folks, thanks for joining me here on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. Uh, in the first half hour, Shauna Nequist was with us, and we enjoyed our visit with Shauna. And then uh, Gail Alexander hooked up with us from uh, Casper, Wyoming, uh, to talk about her book, 30 Days of Hope. Uh, Please visit my website. It's patwilliams.com, the Twitter page, Orlando Magic Pat. 
And uh, my most recent book has just come out. It's called Humility with Barber Books. Uh, it's available now in bookstores and up on Amazon.com as well. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, we enjoyed putting it together. Uh, and so uh, have a wonderful day in church tomorrow with your family. And then a great week ahead here in Central Florida. And we'll be back next weekend at the same time for more of the Power Hour. Uh, and you're listening, of course, to the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN in Orlando. So long for now. Thank you for joining us for this week's edition of the Pat Williams Power Hour. Join us again next week at this same time on the intersection of faith and reason. The new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.